And again, I'm excited for this one, just like I was for last week's. If you were not here last week, we started a, a short uh, a mini-series. And the mini-series was titled, Ready, Aim, Fire. Ready, Aim, Fire. And last week, we, we spoke on this, on the word ready. And what it means to be ready with our weapons and in this world that we live in. And today, if you're taking notes, the message is the next two words. It's aim, fire. So we spoke on ready in today's aim and fire. And I know it's, it's going to bless all of our lives. And it's going to touch the moms as well. Because you'll see how in moms' lives, that's what they've done. They've, they've been ready with what God's given them. They've armed themselves with it. They've prepared themselves. They've aimed and aimed things and set goals and the way they raise their children. And, and we see in our older years how the children just fire away and shoot off. And they're a product of you, mom, and yes, dads as well because I'm a father. But, but today we just want to honor the moms. We're, they're a product of what you've done and what you've instilled and what you've taught them and how you raised them. So amen. Thank you. God be glorified for your work. Amen? Amen. Happy Mother's Day. That's awesome. I want to share a passage, and it's, and it's found in Psalm 127, one that you're probably very all aware of. And it's found in verse 3, and, and just catch this passage, and, and you'll see how it relates, and we'll get into the message right after this text here. The psalmist says this, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. That's a good passage. They're a heritage. The Greek word there, what it means is they're they're a portion of the Lord, an inheritance. They're a heritage from God, and they are the fruit of the womb. And then it goes on, he says in verse 4, Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Amen. Yes, last week we, we took out a Nerf gun. Remember that? How can you forget that? So you guys that were here, we shot a lot of you. We tried at least. Shot my wife. But we shot each other with the Nerf gun, and we had a good time describing and, and, and looking at that word ready. And here we find ourselves in Psalm 127. And it's talking about a weapon. And it's talking about the ammo that comes with the weapon, and it's arrows. And the children are like arrows in the hand of a warrior. That's what children are like. And I started to think about it. I said, you know what? I, I got something. I have a good idea. And I think I'm going to do something. So I went to my local market, and I figured I'm not going to buy a real arrow. They're pretty expensive. Have you seen how much those arrows cost? And those bows and arrows? I said, nah. So I'll get the closest thing to it that won't hurt anyone. And um, again, my son's going to be too... We're going to raffle this one off today. How many of you parents want your child to have this one today? Not many. Not many. <laughs> I saw like two hands. No. All of you are like, do not let, no, not at my house. I'm the biggest kid in my house, so I'll be shooting my wife while she's somewhere. I'll be like, got her. And, um, but this is, it's an interesting text because here's the psalmist and children, they're a portion, they're a heritage. The fruit of the womb is a reward. And like arrows in the hand, I know these are suction cups and little suction Sorry, but it's the best we could do here at New Life for today. Because I'm going to shoot them at you guys. But like arrows in the hands of a warrior, so are the children of a youth. 
And I think about that, I say, cool, I have one, and his name is Jackson, and some of you have three, and some of you have more, and, and they're like arrows in your hands. And, and you, at least for these, you know, <laughs> you got to kind of lick them before you shoot them, but, but that's what they are. They're arrows that eventually we launch out. Eventually we taught them well when we sharpened them correctly, right? Eventually we, we made them the material that they needed to be so that when they soar, they could penetrate through the air and hit targets and hit goals and things that that mom that you learned from mom and dad things that you learned from living in our house hey you saw how mom loved you and and you saw how mom loved me and how dad and us and and what the things that we now you go and do that with your wife and with your husband and and, and they start teaching us all these things right they're like what they're like what they're like they're like arrows in our quiver they're they're our weapons they don't necessarily belong to us. It's interesting. The bow belongs to us, but the arrow never does. The arrow flies away. The bow stays in our hand. And that's what you parents are. Your children go, and they're sad, right? Sad, sad. But your weapon never. It, that, that's, that's so awesome because I see that. In, I'm looking at my mother-in-law, and, and I see that even right now. As, what is she doing? She's carrying my son. You know, her arrow left her. She's at my house now. But I, do you see how cool? That her arrow is now also back on her bow. Because the bow never leaves her. The bow never leaves us. The bow never leaves you. But, but, but you do have something very important. And that is what? As long as you have these arrows, man, make sure that you are prepping these arrows. So that when God says it's time to shoot and they go and they're shot from your arrow, man, they're making an impact in this world. And they're carrying your last name with pride because of what you've instilled in their lives. Come on, someone. That's what we are. That's what God's called us to be. Praise God for you mothers, man. You're like a warrior. Hey, listen. You're, when my wife gave birth, I said, Oh my God, she could beat me up. I always thought I could beat up Nancy. I always said I could beat her. I know I could. I know I could take her down. When she went through labor, there is no way in heaven that I could beat up my wife. There is no way. There's no... Husbands. All right. <laughs> You're smart, man. How many years have you been married? Amen. 25. That's why you say amen. He's good. Praise God for them. Look what the text continues to say. Happy is the man who has the quiver. The quiver full of them. You know the quiver, the little pouch. I, I didn't buy that. But happy is the man that has the quiver full of arrows. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with their enemies in the gate. This is such a good text. Because in this passage, we see these children considered as weapons. And their arrows, according to Psalm 127, and it means that we have this amazing, this huge, massive responsibility in raising them and training them and showering them in God's truth and love. So that one day when we shoot, like I just said, and we fire them forth, they make us proud. They make God proud. They have the impact in this world in the name of the Lord. How many of you parents could say amen? amen? Some of you are like, well, pray for my child because he's not or she's not even close to hitting the target that I trained them at home to hit. I'm going to say this. Mom, if that's you saying that today, Dad, if that's you saying that, just relax. Keep holding your bow. Keep holding your bow. That arrow sometimes happens to come back. 
And it doesn't matter how old they are, you still instill, you still sharpen, you still do something. Don't give up on those arrows. Keep fighting, keep slinging for them. Trust me, keep training them. Man, they'll serve the Lord and keep that promise. How many of you could say amen? It's such a beautiful thing because it says here that they take them to the gate. They take the children to the gate. You know, when you think about the gate in these days, the gate was a, a place for public business. It, it was a place where judgment was done. So, so listen to what I'm about to tell you. There were some smart people in the gate. There were some powerful people that stood. You know who would stand? You know who would not stand because God forbid he stood. But you know who would sit by the gates? Want to take a guess? Kings. The kings, when they would come, they would sit in the gate and under a shadow and they would wave and, and make them, keep them cool. But even kings sat by the gate. And it says here that they bring their children, they take them to the gate, but they're not ashamed. And that's a powerful scripture because here's the parent and they take their quiver, they take their children to the gate. And what a beautiful thing to, to say, I could take my child where things are set because I am not ashamed of the child that I have raised. Come on, son. Come on, daughter. Walk to the gate with me so you could hear, learn and speak knowledge see wisdom, and they could see it in you because of the child that I raised. How awesome is that? I want to take my son to the gate when he gets older. Come on, son. Let's go to the gate. What do you mean, Dad? There's knowledge there. There's wisdom there. There's judgment there. Kings sit there. Come to the gate with Dad. And a lot of that is going to be because what Mom did. And I know that. And I'm not dumb. I understand that. And that is a proof that the marriage has done a good job, a job well done, with the ministry, listen to what I'm about to say, with the ministry of parenthood. Because parenthood, if you've been married and you had kids, have you recognized it's a ministry? Did you get? Did it hit you that it's definitely a ministry? Maybe 25 years, maybe 20-something years later, yeah, this definitely wasn't like, oh, yeah, we're parents. Whoa. It's like, no, it's God entrusted us with the soul, and this is ministry. Whoa. And you've noticed that. Every time I see my child, I know that there's a soul in that body. And that soul and the destination of that soul, it's in my hands and how I raise them. That is freaky. <laughs> I got to develop that soul so that one day he comes and stands before the Lord as a righteous young man. Parents, amen. amen. So happy Mother's Day, moms. We love you. We tell you today that you rock. You're a major part of doing that, of sharpening and aligning these arrows so that they could penetrate and be impactful in their later years. And I want to say this, and I want to say this with all respect, there are many women that could have children, but not all of them can be mothers. Thank you, moms. Because you're not just a woman that had a child, but you're also a mother that is sharpening and training and loving their child. You are men, you are women, and you are ready with what the Lord has given you. You've trained, and you're training up still, and you're aiming these arrows, and you're firing them forth as ambassadors of Christ. Ready, aim, fire. That's our whole series that we're talking about. And what a vision, vision moms have. What aim. You know, I want to get into the text here as we honor the moms and all that, but I want to get into Scripture here, and, 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 I'm, and I can't wait to get into this. But Paul mentions aim so many times in scripture so many times he and numerous he's 
writing about this aim, and, and it's very interesting. It's very interesting in the letters of Paul. I'm going to read some of them. I can't read them all, but I'll read some of the popular ones. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, one translation, the Living Bible, says it this way. He says, let love be your greatest aim. This is Paul writing. Let love be your greatest aim. Nevertheless, ask also for the special abilities that the Holy Spirit gives. Last week, right? Gifts. Gifts. But let love be your greatest aim. And you could almost, you could almost see Paul, right, talking to the church. He's like, when you take an arrow out, man, let, the, let love come out. And let love be your greatest aim. And, and as you're aiming at it, as you aim, just, just let love come out and, and let these gifts of the Holy Spirit, these special abilities, aim at these things. In another passage in 2 Corinthians 5.9, he says this, so that whether we are at home or whether we are away, make it our what? Make it our aim to what? To please him. In all your lives, love, aim for love. In all your life, what? Aim to do what? Not to please yourself, to please them and please everyone around you, but you aim to what? Please God. Let that be your aim. Please him. Philippians, very popular one, right? He says, not that I've already, chapter 3, verses 12 through 16, the book of Philippians, not that I have already obtained this or I am already perfect, perfected or perfect, but I press on. I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it on my own, but, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, straining forward to what lies ahead. Look at verse 14. I press what? I press on. I, I like that phrase because I could almost hear Paul saying this. I've got my eyes on. I'm aiming at one thing. And what is it? Towards the what? There's a goal. What is Paul really saying? There's a what? There's a target. I, I want to show you so bad already. <laughs> I'm saving it for later on in the message. But, but there's a goal. There's a target. There's, there's, a, there's a bullseye to hit. Aim. Aim at it. Aim at love. Man, he's given us so much stuff, things to chew on. Aim at, at pleasing him. And aim towards the goal. What goal, Paul? The goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. And let those of you who are mature think this way. And if anything you think otherwise, God's going to reveal this to you. But let us hold true to what we've attained. Guys, aim. Aim to the call of God in Jesus Christ. How many of you could say amen? And then he also says in 2 Corinthians 13, two verses I'm going to read. In verse 11 and 12, he says, finally, brothers, you rejoice. Rejoice. And look what he says next. Yeah, it's... It's not a coincidence, guys. You what? Aim for restoration. Aim for comfort and comforting one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace and, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. I don't know if you're catching all this stuff as we kind of introduce this message today, but look at Paul's words for a second. Look at them. In all these verses, what is he telling us to do? Anyone want to shoot it out? Ready? Aim. Right, not yet. Ready? Aim. Aim. Aim at what? Aim in love. Aim in what? Aim to please him. Aim at what, Paul? Aim towards the goal, the prize, this upward call in Jesus. 
Aim at what? Towards restoration. Aim for that, for that peace among each other so that you could start comforting one another as a church. Aim. Let that be your target, your objective. Okay, Paul, I get it. A life, a life with purpose. You see that? A life with direction. Do you guys see that in this text? A life with a target to hit. It's not like, let's see where this one goes. No. Paul's like this. When you take out your weapon, you're ready and you're what? You're aiming. You're not just like, let it hit whatever it wants. You have a target at mind. There's an objective behind what you do. There's something that you want to penetrate. You just don't fling them to see where it lands. You fling them hoping that it lands where you've aimed for it to land. Come on. And you aim. You don't stop aiming. And I know aiming could get stressful, huh? Can you imagine just aiming your whole life? That's the life of a Christian, though. The life of a Christian is always looking through the scope. The life of the Christian is always to concentrate in this. My goodness, how I'm reading an amazing book. I'm almost done with it because I'm reading like three books at the same time. But it's Chris Kyle's book, The, uh, the American Sniper. I saw his movie. I was so intrigued by this man. I said, I'm buying his book. I want to read it. Thank God I'm buying, I bought the book. An amazing book. And for all of his life, guess what he's mastered? He says, I shoot. I'm a great, I'm known as one of the best snipers in American history. But, but the truth is, if people only knew that behind those kills, <laughs> oh my God, I hope you catch this. Behind every single one of those kills, there are hours and hours and days of me just sitting there for hours, just what? Aiming, 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 aiming. Until finally God says, now. I'm going to go buy me a real one. <laughs> that was that. Now I know I could throw it at you because it's not just, It's a dud. <laughs> this thing is not going to stick on... That thing is not going to stick on anything, all right? But listen... Jeez, this thing's, you know, he says, people don't even know. I would, I'm dressed nice, so I don't want to lay on the floor, but he says, I would, I would sit in, in, in nasty apartments in, in the middle of Baghdad and stuff, he says, in his book. And he says, I couldn't get up because God forbid, the moment that I get up, someone sees me. Or the moment that I get up, I lose my target. Oh, man, this is good. I lose my target. So he says, there was times that I went days soaked with urine, not only did I have urine, okay, you guys know what else he had, right? All right, good. He also had that. So there were days that he was laying there, and he says that the stench that came from his body was so much. It's all in his book. Because he couldn't get up from his place of aim. He couldn't get up from there. So if he had to go number one, he did number one where he was laying at. If he had to do number two, guess what? He was doing number two where he laid at. And he wasn't wiping and he wasn't cleaning. He was staying with that stuff in his underwear and he was going to smell and that stuff was going to rot. And you could imagine how much rash he got and I don't know how he walked after that. But, but it, 
There's one thing that he said. He said, I knew that as long as I was on the roof, whether I was pooping or peeing or whatever it was that was going on with me, I couldn't get up because my goal and what I committed to in this country was to never stop looking for my targets and always being in the scope and always being at aim. And I can't for one moment take my eyes off the aim. So if I pee or if I poop or the world around me crashes, there's nothing about me that's going to move me or change my focus. And I looked at that. And I said, my God, that's my life as a Christian. No matter if I poop or I pee or the world crashes around me, I can't take my aim off the upward prize of the call of God in Jesus Christ. The world's falling, Regal. I don't care. I'm aiming. I'm aiming. Things are happening around you. It doesn't matter. I'm aiming. I'm aiming. But stuff's happening. The economy's crashing. The church is falling. The marriage is getting divorced. The child just died. I'm aiming. Why? Because God told me don't stop aiming. You're ready. You aim. You don't take your eye off the scope. And Paul tells the church, aim in love. Aim in these things. Aim, 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 aim. Don't take your eyes, church, off the target. What are you called to do, church? Yeah, that's the part you were supposed to say. Aim. Let's rewind the tape. What are you supposed to do, church? Put that one in the podcast. You aim. That's awesome. Shows us where, where to be at, where we should be at. We're not perfect yet, right? Come on, any perfect people in here? Don't raise your hand if you think you are. We haven't obtained it yet. I don't even consider myself to have made it, Paul says. But my goodness, I grab my eye on. I press on. My aim is on the prize. Come on. The Christian has a target, has a goal, and we aim at that target. We just don't aim to say this. Ready? Hey, look. I got one too. You know anyone like that? Like, whatever you do, they just do? You know what I'm talking about? Let me see. You buy a bow and arrow, the next day, you'll never guess what I bought. A bow and arrow. Like, <laughs> you've never cared for a bow and arrow. Right? You know people like that, right? You start going to church, they start showing up. Hey, guess what I started to do? What? I started to go to church too. Like, okay, you never, at least it's a good thing. You never started. You never went to church. And there's some people that just live like that, right? Hey, look, I, I got one too. I'm, I'm, I'm aiming too, and I look just like you. We're just kind of doing this stuff, you know, same way, I'm aiming. But I said, no, that's not our lives. Because when we draw out, it's because we're going to project something. It's because we're going to fire at a target that's in our scope, that's in our aim. See, the difference between a believer and a non-believer that just, that just tries to look like a believer is this. The non-believer that looks like a believer, or should I say the, the non-follower that looks like a follower, they buy the same bow and arrow, they polish it so it can look just like yours, and they're like, I'm with you. We're aiming buddies. Aiming buddies. You know what's different with you, follower of Christ? That in your call, you're not just called to aim. That's the difference between a true follower and one that looks like you. See, true followers aim to shoot. When followers that look like you, they just aim to look the part. But out of them, they'll never shoot. They'll never fire. But the people of God, they just 
I'm not scared of what God's giving me. I don't care. Hey, watch this. Paul's like, I'll speak before kings, before presidents, before governors, before simple men. I'll speak before lepers, and I'll speak before kings. I don't care because I've been entrusted with the gospel. Give me a bow. Give me an arrow. Watch how I hit something. Paul wasn't holding back. And that's the difference between us, ain't it? Is it not? We, we aim to shoot while the other ones that look just like us are like, I'm not really doing this. You know that, right? I'm just going because my family goes. I'm just going because you go. I'm just going. But don't ask me to fire. Don't, don't ask me to shoot. And then you're in God, right? And you're like, just let it go already. Just do it. And they're like, no, 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 no. You're doing good. Guys, can I say something? What good is a gun without ammo, a sling without rocks, a bow without arrows? It's like a Christian, like a tree without fruits. Hey, if you're going to take out a gun, you better make sure you shoot. If you're going to take out an, a bow, you better make sure you fire. If you're going to take out a... Hey, David, if you're going to walk up to that field and you're going to go and harass that giant and you're going to swing this little slingshot of yours and say, Hey, big giant! You, you better make sure, David, that if you're going to go out there with a little sling, you're going to fire some rocks. Don't just... Because that guy... I'm just telling you this, David. Don't go out there with a sling without the intention to shoot. Don't go out there with a sling without the intention to fire. Because I promise you this. If you don't fire, don't just think that, oh, yeah, God's, gonna got, God's got me. And that that enemy is not going to fire at you. So watch this. You better start firing at the enemy, whether the enemy or whether the enemy is not firing at you. You just go up there with your sling, tell that enemy what's up, and throw sling fire the rock over his head. It's awesome. Because David's like walking up to the enemy. He's a little, little guy. And he's like, gee, Goliath. And Goliath's like, what are you doing? Am I some sort of dog? That you come at me with sticks and stones and all these things? And David's like, you defile the armies of the Lord. Not a good thing. So what I'm going to do, he gives him the directions. He lays it out for him. He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm getting momentum right now on my right hand. I put one rock, I brought four more in my pocket just in case I miss. But I'm going to let this thing fire. I'm, I know me, I'm going to hit you on the first one. I've killed bears and lions and all that stuff with my bare hands. I could kill you, um, Philistine, you're nothing. So when I do this, he's giving them directions. I'm going to go walk up to your body, who you have a concussion on the floor. I'm going to take out your own sword that weighs like 100 pounds. And with your own weapon, I'm going to kill you. What you try to kill me with, I'm going to use it to kill you. I'm going to throw back at you what you tried to throw at me because I'm going to tell you that no weapon formed against me is going to prosper and what I have against you is greater than what you will ever have against... Hold on. Let me keep going. Whatever I have... So he lets it go and he gave him that... You would have thought that Goliath said, that doesn't sound too good. Let me just leave right about now because he's going to kill me, get my sword, chop off my head. He even told me what he was going to do but Goliath stays there. No, you're not. Watch. He slings the first rock, knocks him down, gets his sword, cuts off his head, picks up the hair, looks at his room, goes, yeah, and everyone roars, and the Philistines get scared and run. It's awesome, because David was a child of God, 
And as children of God, we don't just get ready and we don't just aim without the intention of firing. As children of God, we aim and those things that God's called us to aim at, we daily live it out. We daily fire at the target that Jesus Christ has called us to. How many of you can say amen today? Come on, give God some greater praise than that. That's why, you know, I like this. Something is, kind of, something is coming out of us because something has first been poured in us. Amen? That's why Jesus in the Great Commission, when he sends out his disciples, what does he tell them? Teach them to observe all that I have commanded you. Did you guys catch that? Teach them. What is he really telling the disciples? Pour into them everything that I've already what? Poured into you. Now you pour it to them, man. There's a what? There's a responsibility as a believer. What do you mean? Yeah, I shot in your life. Now you shoot in other people's lives. You fire upon others like I fired upon you. Don't stay quiet with the weapon I gave you. I've entrusted you with that bow. I've entrusted you with that arrow. I've entrusted you with the gift of encouragement, the gift of love, the gift of... Now you go and you penetrate some hearts with it and make an impact in Jesus' name for this world. Okay, God. Pour to them what I've poured to you. What does Paul say at the end of his life? I'm poured out like a what? Like a drink offering. How can, how can someone say I'm being poured out if they first have not been poured into? Because they fired upon him first. I, on a Sunday, I can never come up here and continue to pour out to you if something at first is not poured into me. And the same thing in all of our lives. We, we get poured into so that we could pour into. And that's what Jesus did with the disciples in the Great Commission. And we discussed last week on, on being ready with our weapons, with the gifts that the Lord has given us. So, so here, here, here's where I ask you, what are you ready for? And now I'm going to talk to your hearts. And now I know God's going to really minister right now. If he hasn't yet, I believe he's going to minister to you right now. What are you ready for? Come here, church, because now I'm going to take my time. I'm not in a hurry now. Watch this part. What are you ready for? And um, I guess my second question, the best question I could give you is, what are you aiming at? What are you ready for? What are you, what are you aiming at? Hey, hey, come here. What are your set goals? What is your target? Because many of us can aim and have goals and set these goals and set these targets. Come here, listen to what I'm about to tell you. And we could always talk about that target and about what our aim is, right? Right? Oh, yeah, I'm this, man. I got goals, man. I got a, woo, I got a target, man. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we talk so much about our targets and our goals. We could do that. Anyone could do that. Anyone, man. Anyone. I've seen the greatest talkers up here. But they're horrible shooters. I'd rather serve a great shooter and a bad talker than a great talker and a bad shooter. Come on, someone. And, and, and that's my life, that, that my family and my friends could see that I'm a better shooter than I am a talker because I'm a pastor by, I don't know what I say, by trade, but by calling. And you all know very well pastors just love to talk, man. They say, okay, I got 10 more minutes, and you're like, he's just started. <laughs> but I pray that my... My firing is better than my talking because we could always talk but never do, never fire what we aim at. Listen to this. 
not everyone fires, not everyone, what do I mean by fires in a Christian life? Here it is. Not everyone fires, I mean, what I mean by that is, not, not everyone lives out. Not everyone lives out. This is what I really mean. Not, not many start with this. I'm going to start taking the first step to make this right. How many do that? Let me get a little bit, a little bit more um, personal in your heart. I'm going to jump into your, into your heart for a moment. How many of you have said this? I have a goal, man. I have an aim to make my walk with Christ better. I have an aim to make. How long have you been saying that you have an aim to make your walk with Christ better? Come on. How long? You've been walking around like, I have an aim. I'm, I'm going to get this thing right with God, man. And you just keep talking about this aim to make your life better with God. But you've never what? You've never what? No, you've been aiming. But you've never fired this walk with God. Hey, gr- praise God you have an aim. But come on already. Fire. No, no, no. I have an aim to get ready with God, to get things right. How many of you? I have an aim to, to reconcile with that person at work. How long already? This is personal stuff as well. But fire, come on, fire. Fire, don't just aim. I have an aim to admit to my mistakes and an aim to just admitting to the truth already. Okay, fire. I have an aim to start loving my child again. I have an aim to, to talk with my spouse and tell them that we need to work this out already. It's too many years already. I have an aim. Come on, stop aiming already. I have an aim to no longer cheat, to no longer lie. I have an aim to, no, to gossip no longer. I have an aim to, to stop the slandering, the hate, the lust. I have an aim. I'm going to stop this. I have an aim to forgive her. I have an aim to forgive him already. I have an aim to finally take the step of faith that the Lord is calling me to take. I have an aim. I'm glad you have an aim, and I'm glad we all have an aim. But what good is an aim without living it out and without firing? If today you're here and any of those things or many more things that are in your mind have penetrated you, you need to fire upon that aim. Lately, I've, I've had an aim just to make my home life better. So I stopped on some things that I knew were wrong. I did. I got into things. I'm like, What? I stopped things, and I said, this is not going to work. And personally, in my life, I said, you know, I preach every Sunday, and I do things so much, and every day I talk about, yeah, I have a name. And so the Lord rebuked me and corrected me and showed me and cleared off all the blurriness and all the cloudiness I had in my heart, my mind. And he says, you end all these things now. And, and I'm telling you today, I've been three days now firing finally at what I've been aiming at in my own household. It took me six years of marriage to finally do that. And I'm sure there's going to be other things, right, that later on I'm going to have to correct. One of them is, I'll share one of them because the other ones, I'm going to be honest with you, they're too, um, they're too serious to be transparent about right now. And I'm not sure if everyone is mature enough to hear some things about my heart and those issues. But I will tell you one. One day me and my wife were sitting on my couch, and we're so busy we hardly could talk as it is, you know. So we finally had like 45 minutes on the couch. I'm on my phone, and um, this is something that's been ministering to me, so pray for me, because I'm not, I haven't told you that I've gotten there yet or I've attained it, <laughs> like Paul says. 
or I've received the prize yet, but I'm working on it, I'm aiming, and I'm starting to shoot at it. And for 45 minutes, I'm just there on the couch, just laying down doing this, looking at stuff, going to the next social media, going on Instagram, going on Snapchat, going on Facebook, clicking on stuff, comparing my life to that person. Oh my goodness, look how much fun they're having. I'm sitting in the living room, everything's dark in here. Oh, and I spent like 45 minutes. I hardly could talk to my wife throughout the week because we're so busy, right? When I looked, I was like, where's my wife? And I looked on the couch. She's laying on the other side of the couch, and she's on her phone. And I put my phone down, and I said, that was 45 minutes that we could have had a great discussion. 45 minutes I was on stupid social media. Holy crap. I didn't say anything to her. I wish I could tell you how I felt. I failed as a husband. And then I started saying, oh my God, let me evaluate. And I started saying, you know how many times I've hung out with my son and he's doing something and I'm on the phone? Oh my God, that's how my son sees me do. So I made a commitment late Thursday night. I started on Friday morning. I went to all my social medias. I have them all in a folder. If you have a smartphone, you know what I'm talking about. And the folder says social media. And I'm not saying for you to do this. This is my conviction. This is my aim and my firing, not yours. But maybe it's yours too, but watch. And I started deleting. I deleted Snapchat. I deleted Facebook, I deleted Instagram, I deleted Twitter, and I said this, I'm only, watch this, so every time now I put up a picture, I have to re-download it, put up the picture, and I take it off again. I put up a picture yesterday for the church. I had to re-download the thing again, put up the picture, and I took it off right away because I don't want it even on my phone. So don't come up to me next week like, you're a liar! You put up a picture on Tuesday! I'm like, I know, I told you what I do. I'm no longer on it. I put a picture and I exit off. That. And, but it was more of a rebuke that happened to me, so I can't take any credit, but I'm the one that got let, let it get carried away. And I recognize that now, like, my phone doesn't always have to be on me. It's the coolest thing. Watch this. I do this something for the first time in my marriage now. I do this now. I get home, I put it on the kitchen table, and I sit on my couch, and I'm hanging out. I don't need to have my phone on me. Watch. Why? Because I'm not checking social media anymore. It's the coolest thing. It's before every 10 minutes, let me see what someone posted now. Let me see what someone said now. Now it's like, let me see. No, I'm not checking that no more. I forgot. And it's just there, and I'm hanging out here, and I'm Jax and my wife, and, and, and now I could be just crazy all the time, and, and, and I just throw it. They're like, today we're going to go and be with our family and all that. It's cool because like, probably for the first time in my marriage, I'm not going to be on my phone when we're with our family because the Lord broke my heart. The Lord said, what the heck are you doing and I'm not saying social media is a bad thing. It's from the devil and it has horns coming out of it. Social media is a really good thing. It can be used to do great things for the kingdom. Amen? Amen? But too much of a good thing in my life became a bad thing. And that's just one. The other personal stuff, don't worry about it. Don't even try to figure it out because no one's going to tell you. It's just between me and my wife, things that we opened up to that I'm aiming at and I'm firing upon. But know that, why do, why do you share that story? Because I don't want you to think that I'm anything that I'm really not. Every Sunday I tell you that I, I do this a lot of times. Oh, shoot. The target was here. Most of my days are like that. And like, wow, you're being so used by God, man. If they really knew I ain't hitting crap. I'm just firing. I, even, I got so good at it, shoot, I could fire between my legs. Wow, look how God uses him. Oh, crap. Oh, crap. Who am I fooling? It's time, Rigo, that you aim at the target. 
and stop with the stupid things. You're almost 34 already. Come on, get it together, huh? How can I fire at what I'm aiming at? How can I fire? Happy Mother's Day, man. How can I fire at my target? The truth is, are you ready with the gifts that God's given you? Because he has equipped you already with what you need. How many of you could say amen? And I want to encourage every single person here to begin to aim, but not just to aim, to aim, but aim to fire. Aim to fire. Live out what God has intended you to live out. Fire at. Take the step towards doing the things the right way. Like seriously, man, fix that marriage. Fix that child already. My goodness, fix that coworker already. Fix whatever the heck you need to fix already. Stop being miserable. Fire. It's Mother's Day. Do it today. What an awesome day to start firing. Fire at that spouse. Shock him. Shock her today. Sit down. We're going to talk. Whoa, we haven't done that in 10 years. Right. Today we start, man. Son, I got to talk to you. Get here. Daughter, I got to talk to you. Get here. Co-worker, lunch break. I'm paying for your lunch. We got to get together. I'm talking to you. Start. Stop saying this. Well, I'm praying for God to strengthen my heart. I'm going to make this better one day. I'm going to tell you right now. The day is now. Start firing on what you're aiming at and make those things what God's called those things to be already. Ready with the gifts of God. Aim and fire at those things. Fire at that step. Take that step. Start off on the first. I'm not saying to get up to the top, but at least jump on the first platform. At least start in the first step. Today the Lord speaks to us to fire, to just shoot you're ready with what I've given you. Ready, aim, fire, make it right, make it better. Glorify me, fight the fight. Fire at that struggle that you live at. Don't stop firing. Man, and this is how I feel so many times. I, like I just told you, I fire aimlessly, not making any impact, not really confronting anything, not really hitting the target that I was supposedly firing upon. And it looks like I'm firing at it. But man, I even sometimes get close enough to it, to that target. I've even made marks around that target. Everywhere around it, everything that surrounds it, but I've never hit that target for many years in my life. And I'm going to be very honest with the church because I don't want to ever be that person that fools you in a lifestyle that I myself do not live. And I'm going to tell you right now that I no longer want to live this way, firing aimlessly. From now on, hold your pastor accountable. And I'm going to say something to you. Hold your brother accountable. Hold each other accountable to what? To start aiming with a purpose, with a direction, with a goal, with a target. Not just to shoot aimlessly. Hit what you're hitting already. I'm tired of looking this way and being this way. Because you know who goes home? You all leave happy. Wow, that was so good today. But you know who's miserable when he drives home? This guy, why? Because I know I wasn't really aiming at the target. I know I was just aimless, but not anymore. God rebuked me. God corrected me. And what a beautiful weekend to admit that on Mother's Day, to say God is still working in me. I'm so grateful that he has not given up on me. How about you? How about us? I don't want to live this way. 
I don't want to live ready, fire, ready, fire, ready, fire. That's how I live. Ready, fire, ready, fire, ready, fire, ready, fire. Stop that. I want to be ready. I want to aim and then fire. I want to aim at what I'm firing at. I just don't want to fire to fire. 1 Corinthians 9, 26 and 27. What does Paul say? So I do not run aimlessly. I love that. I don't run aimlessly. I do not box as one who's beating the air. I discipline my body. I keep it under control. Lest after preaching to others that I myself should become disqualified. What is Paul saying? I'm done. I'm no longer going to do this aimlessly. From now on, I'm going to be on point. I'm going to do my best to be on point. Because I'm tired of walking off the podium, Paul is saying. And I myself is disqualified with everything that I've just said. Come here. How many of you have counseled someone, spoken to someone, given advice to someone that you yourselves are not even taking? Paul's like, enough. Stop running aimlessly. Hit the target, baby. Let's do this right. Don't be disqualified. And that's what I asked you today. Are you tired of being disqualified? Of being out of control? I am. I'm not going to be out of control anymore. I'm done, man. I'm going to be self-controlled, man. I'm done. The heck is my problem? Amen? Everyone say that. Yeah. The heck is your problem? Say, I don't care. I'm good. I'm confident. The heck is my problem? Church, what the heck is your problem? I'm tired of just beating in the air, tiring myself out, and not changing anything. You saw the Pacquiao fight? Pacquiao would have beat him up? Maybe, maybe. I don't know. There's somebody with a fancy. I don't want to get in a fight here. But, but the truth is, Mayweather's a good dancer, and he's a great boxer. Every time Pacquiao tried to hit him, he's like... I was like, my God, how does he dance like that? And Pacquiao was like, have you noticed what happened to Pacquiao? He was swinging, but he wasn't hitting anything. And Mayweather was like, boom, boom. And Pacquiao was just running in the ring, just swinging. And he couldn't hit him. He was too fast for him. How many of you felt like that? You're in a ring, and it's happening too fast, and you're just like trying to make contact. You know what happens when you box, and you box the air without hitting anything? Guess what? That's when you burn out. That's when you grow weary. That's when you stop calling the church friends. That's when you stop coming to church. That's when you start going to the beach instead on Sunday instead of coming to church. That's when you start what? Watching TV, get on social media in the morning instead of opening up your word. That's when you say, I'm done. I can't take this anymore. And the truth is, you were boxing the air for too long. You were running just to run. Like who? What the heck was Forrest running to? He had no idea. He was running, and every time someone kept saying, why are you running? He's like, I'm just running. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. You could get so many things from Forrest's movie. I'm going to tell you right now, Forrest Gump, great man, didn't exist. Not a true story, but I want you to know this. The Christian is not Forrest Gump. We don't just run to say, I'm just running. We run because we have a target. We have a goal. We have a prize. We have somewhere that we're going to. Paul says, I'm not going to run like Forrest anymore. I'm not running aimlessly. I'm not shooting this way. I'm not boxing to just get tired. Listen to me. I'm tired. I'm tired of just firing, firing, firing. My arms are tired. Come here. How many of you are your arms tired? Like seriously, how many of you have a tired, tired, sorry, weary soul, but you're still young? I know there's people in here. You can't hide from me today. There's so many of you in here because you know what? I'm 30 and I've been there in my 30s. 
tired and a weary. I have a soul of an old man at times. And God's like, uh-uh, not anymore. How many of you are sitting here tired and weary and your soul hurts and your heart and your mind is weary? And God's like, today we're going to fix that. Today, you're going to stop firing aimlessly. What good is, hey, man, you're firing. You're doing a great job. Yeah, if you only knew I'm doing this aimlessly. It's not as, come here, it's not as great as you think. You know how many times people have told me, you're so great, and I've just been like, I'm not as great as you think. Shut up. Who am I fooling, man? Come here. Who are you fooling? Because I know when I go home, my wife says, he's so great. He's so great. He spent 45 minutes on the phone laying on the couch when the only time we had to talk and he got on the phone. Yeah, he's so great. Tell him to communicate with me a little bit more. That since he's so great. That's how great I am, guys. So great. I preach awesome on Wednesdays and Sundays. I, I pour out my heart until I'm sweating and my heart palpitation and my veins are popping. But my goodness, I, I don't even have the same energy at home. I'm so great. How many of you are ready to grab your bowls? How many are ready to grab your arrows? I'm going to be great. Bam, because I'm not just going to shoot just to shoot, fire just to fire aimlessly. I'm going to aim at what I am firing at, and I'm going to hit that thing from now on. That's it, man. That's it. No more aimless. I end with this story. Go to 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 14 with me. It's a powerful story. Elisha, the great prophet, is at the end of his life, and the worship team will start coming up, and we'll get ready to close up in prayer, and you get to go have an amazing Mother's Day, and I think you're gonna, this is a great way to end today's service. Elisha, who is the successor of Elijah, he's dying. He's about to go, and be with the Lord. And as he's about to go be with the Lord, King Joash is having a, a very serious issue. So he needs to confront Elisha in his old age. And watch the encounter here that happens with Joash. In verse 14 of 2 Kings 13, it says this. It says when Elisha was, was in his last illness. King Joash of Israel visited him. And he wept over Elisha. They built a great relationship as prophet and king. And he said this to Elisha. My father, out of respect. He was like a father kind of, right? My father, my father. I see the chariots. I see the chariots, he began to cry. Our enemies are coming. I see Israel, our own chariots, they're, they're forming. I see a war. This is good. So verse 15, Elisha tells him, he says, get a bow. How cool, right? I bought a bow today. Get a bow. And he grabs a bow and he's like, okay, I brought a bow. He says, get some arrows. All right, I got some arrows. And he says, put your hand on the bow. So Joash puts his hand on the bow. And what does Elisha do? Elisha goes ahead and he puts his own hands on top of the what? On top of the king's hands. It's awesome. You could almost, come on, he's the king. Like, what are you doing, old man? 
you know, holding my hand almost. One hand was here, the other hand was here. Maybe I need someone. Kevin, come here, brother. Come, Kevin. I've known you for many years. I broke this arrow, man. Look, I didn't, sh- I didn't train this one good. That's a whole preacher right there, but whatever. So he's Joash, I'm Elisha, and he says, get a bow, get an arrow. And you could almost sense the old man doing something like this, right? I've known him for many years. How many years? Oh, man. It's been a while. You could almost see that in that passage. Hey, son. You see that target? Come on, let's go back to the word. I, need to, I forgot the rest of the scripture. So he commands him. He's like, let's open the eastern window. He opens the eastern window. It's amazing. And he looks at him. He says, what? Shoot, fire. And you can almost see it. Fire. Are you ready? No, watch. What's open? The window. It's open for you. Let that be a sign to you that when that window's open, fire. And he tells him, shoot. So it says that he shot. Yeah, I'll help you. Come on, son. Shoot. The arrow's broken. It's good. And he shoots. Go get, grab that one. Come back. And let's keep reading. So he shoots the arrow and Elisha says, this is the Lord's arrow. Look at what he says. It's an arrow of victory over your enemies. For you completely will conquer them. Can you imagine what he feels? Give me another arrow. I got so many more enemies. Because you shot out the window. And let that be a sign to you that that arrow is one enemy gone. Look what, look what he says. So on verse 18 he says, Now pick up the other arrows. And strike them again. Strike the ground again. Go, strike the ground. Shoot out the window again. So the king, go ahead, picks up the arrow. And it says that as he picked up the arrow, he starts to shoot one. He shoots another one, two. He shoots another one, three. He shoots the third one. And something happens as the king shoots the third one. The scripture says here, but the man of God, Elisha, was angry with the king. And he says, you should have struck the ground Five or six times he began to scream. And then you would have beaten your enemy until it was entirely destroyed. But now you will only be victorious for the three arrows that you shot. Wow. Well, what, 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 what is the, the prophet really saying there? Why did you stop firing at three? You could have gone four and five and six, but you stopped at three. Who told you to stop? You have a quiver full. Your back is full of arrows. Why did you stop at three when you could have gone five and six and more? And it hit me. And I hope it hits you. Because we're the same way. We, we, we have a target. And as we're hitting the target, we get weary and we get tired. And we only destroy things just for a little bit. And we just only do things for a little while. But there's no longevity. There's no long term. There's just like this fire one day and then we get called out the next day. And the king looks at him and says, you should have, that the king, the prophet says, you should have kept firing. Why did you stop at three? 
I love this passage because it shows us number one, hey, I'm the king. You're the king, I'm the prophet. And what is God showing us? I'm with you, man. And I'm going to hold your hand in this process. I put my hand on your hands. Understand that as God, he's saying, I'm with you. And as prophet, I'm with you, king. God is with us. And he's saying, I'm here. And I'm making you ready, king. I'm making you ready, church. And watch what he does next. I've opened up the windows for you. Do you know that every time the windows in scripture are being opened it's always for blessing the Lord opens up windows and blessings are being poured so what is he really telling the king shoot forth because as long as you keep shooting out the window and you keep hitting the ground you're going to continue to be what the window of blessing is open you are blessed already it's open so be ready aim fire Thank you. And what does the king do? The king does something that he should have not have done. He shoots, but then he stops. And Elisha, the prophet, he says, oh, man, this is good. Let it be known that what you aimed at, your target is hit, and you're going to have victory today. But king, you need to keep shooting. So he fires three more. One, two, three. Three more what he aims at. And Elisha gets mad. Why'd you stop at three? You could have gone four. You could have gone five. You could have gone six. Come on, church. But you stopped at three. You could have destroyed. Maybe in your case, you could have fixed the problem. But you stopped at three. She's never going to change. I'm done with her. You stopped. He's never going to change. I'm done with him. It's always going to be like this. I'm done with it. And God's like, what? You don't stop now. You have momentum. The window's open. You shoot. You could have fixed or even destroyed things. But you didn't totally finish it. So you only have victory over those three things now. I want you to know today that my window, your window, is open. And you could do more with that window being open. I started on Thursday shooting out my window. I woke up today. You want to know what was one of the first things I picked up again? What do you think? I woke up today with my bow in my hand. I woke up today with my arrow. And I said, that wasn't just Thursday's miracle. This is something I'm working at for the rest of my life. I'm ready. From now on, I'm going to aim. From now on, I'm going to shoot. I'm tired of settling. Church, do not settle. You keep firing. God has given you the gifts. We are ready like we heard last week. So you keep firing. Man, you aim and you fire. Hit all the targets while his window is open and know that he holds your hand. He holds your hand in his hand. And today he's looking at you and in your ear while you're looking at your target. You could almost hear God. How many of you hear this right now as we end? 
and he says in your ear, ready, aim, fire, good job, grab the other ball, ready, aim, fire, nice one, son, get the other ball, ready, aim, fire, good, come on, ready, aim, fire, um, God, I'm getting kind of tired. It's okay. I'll start holding your hand again. I'll, f- I'll shoot the other ones with you. Ready? Okay. All right, aim. Huh? Fire. Believers, listen to me. God makes you ready. God gives you the aim. Let's live it out. Let's fire what God's already done here. Fire. It's fire. Fire. You can stand with me. And as we get ready to end, what a beautiful day, Mother's Day. And I know moms are so good at ready, aiming, and firing. But I wanted to grab something that I could apply to moms on every single level and every single day and really just apply it to the whole church. And I don't know where you're at exactly, but God does and you do. That person at work, that person in your house, that lie, that child, that spouse, that lie, that cheat, that gossip, that slander, that lust, that hatred, that unforgiveness, that lack of faith, I don't know what it is. But God's like, it's all good. Let's be ready. Let's aim. The window's open of blessings. Fire out. You're going to see my faithfulness. Don't stop at three. I should have titled the message, Don't Stop at Three. But it was already ready, aim, fire, so I couldn't. But don't stop at three. Go four. Go five. No more. How many of you need to make things right? How many of you need to start living out? How many of you need to open up? How many of you need to... For some of you, it's that person that's right there in your same row. Start getting things... Like, like, that's it. Like, hey, let's not preach this again next year or next week or next month. Like, it's today. Today, now or never. Let's do it now, baby. Let's do it. Let's make this right. Let's fire. I know without a doubt that I'm not perfect and I know that the church that God's called me to is not a perfect church. How many of you could say amen? So right there where you're at, there's your altar call. Open it. I didn't need to go, I'm going to be very honest with you, for this message, I didn't go up to an altar call. No one laid hands on me. It started in didn't start in the couch, but started actually in a room, sitting on a chair, thinking. And God began to speak to my heart, reminding me of the couch experience. And God just started to do a work through His Word in my life. So, I want to do an altar call just to do one, but I'm not going to do one just to do one. The altar is open right now. Here it is. Watch. God's opened it. The window's open is what I'm saying. 
This is why I'm not going to do an altar call on this one. Because there's no way out you're going to come up here, I'm going to pray for you, and you're going to walk out and say, didn't happen. I guess um, I went up for no reason. That's not what the altar calls for. That's not even what they mean. It's just coming in agreement with you. So we're just going to spend a time of just quietness for a moment before we go ahead and party and rejoice and say, Lord, the window's open and so is my heart. These are the issues. These are the things at hand. Last week I learned that I'm ready. I've been aiming my whole life. I've even been firing, but for the most part, aimlessly. But today that stops, Lord. Today I, I aim and I don't get up and I don't stop aiming. The world comes crashing down, I'm still aiming. And I'm firing upon what you've called me to fire upon. Until I start to see those changes in my life, I'm not going to let go of my bow and arrow. So Lord, can you start crying out to him? Can you start praying to him? Here I am. I'm ready. I'm aiming. Here it goes. Fire. Come on, give your heart to God right there where you're at. Say, Lord, it happened to to rego on a couch and in a room and a sitting down. Let it happen to me right now in this building. Standing here. Do this work in me. I can't just aim to aim because as a believer I've been called to fire upon what I'm aiming at. So right there where you're at, I'll give you a little while. Can you say, Lord, here I am. I'm going to fire from now on. Go ahead. You and God, right there where you're at, trusting Him. <laughs>